Welcome back to the Haven Audio Podcast. This is Chad Wallenberg, and I'm here again with Corey Kirkland. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, Chad. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm having a wonderful Saturday. What have you been up to today? Well, resting up. We watched the movie last night. Yeah. I was glad that you came over and watched with us. We watched Jurassic Park 2 in the backyard. Mm-hmm. I was really, really sleepy this morning, and we went, went to Warica and saw my family. So that's about it. That's You've great. been creative today. I have been. I have been. I made a little uh, hanging solution for my hammock in my backyard. I dug a, like a three-foot hole today. It made me feel... There's something that just feels extra manly about digging a big hole, right? It's like the uh, the culmination of all the times you sit in the yard as a kid and think, I'm going to dig a hole to China. Or it's like, I just killed somebody and I have to hide the body. <laughs> it's, it's also true. That's also true. I've often thought one of the reasons I'm a peaceful person is because I'm way too lazy to dig a six-foot wide six foot deep hole i think it would be a horrible amount of work yeah yeah it's uh you know you watch those old western movies i was watching the cowboys a couple weeks ago and i just noticed how shallow the grave was and you know it was like a three foot deep grave that they buried this this person that died in the movie and i'm like i did they just get did the crew just get tired halfway through digging that and be like ah that's good enough we'll just cover it up with rocks well this is a super dark search of the we podcast. Could, uh, and I was, I could tell a story, and we could go in a lot of different ways. So, like, we're talking about spiritual death today on the podcast, and we've been making some jokes about human death. And so, it's actually not that bad a transition. It's because, really not. Uh, because the questions that we were asked really are metaphorically similar to being dead and buried. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's true. That is a great way to bring us back to task, Corey. I'm really proud of that. Um, so, in light of that, um, let's just get straight to the questions that we're covering today. Um, like last week, this week we are covering two different questions that were asked by people. Um, the first one is, uh, what is the unforgivable sin? Is there such a thing as an unforgivable sin? Is there anything that we can do that, that would separate us from God forever? Um, and the second thing is, how can we find our way back to God? If, if we find ourselves separated from the Lord, how can we find our way back to Him? So let's go ahead and dig in, shall we? Absolutely. All right, so Corey, tell me, is there an unforgivable sin? That's something, that's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, and that's really a common question. It is a very common question, and if you think about it, the Bible tells us the requirements of God's law are written on the hearts of men. We know that God's law says that the righteousness of man is a filthy rag. Mm -hmm. We know that there's none righteous, not even one. So it's natural for us to feel inferior and inadequate because we are. Without Jesus, we're not good enough. So it's natural for us to wonder, am I so bad that God won't forgive me Mm -hmm. or can't forgive me or or whatever the case may be? It's natural for us to stress over these things. And people have always worried, have I damned myself through my actions? Yeah. You know, I really think that that's a natural response to an understanding of the holiness of God. Right? When we understand God for who he really is, one of the natural responses is seeing our lack, seeing where we just we come up short. Well, it is. In fact, we've talked before about at Haven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Understanding that God is, is not just holy, he's all-powerful, and we're unworthy, and that is scary. That's the beginning of knowledge. Yeah. But what is the perfection of wisdom and knowledge? Well, we know that because it's the chief commandment, mm-hmm. and that's to love the Lord. 
So fear is the beginning and love is the end. But we have to understand we can't be good enough before we can really ever experience that joy and forgiveness, that that experience of mercy and grace that really is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So, so that feeling at its core is a good thing because it starts that journey of faith. Um, but I think we can be tempted sometimes into to thinking that there's no way to overcome it. Or, or is that a temptation? Is Are there things that we can do in this life, Corey, that unequivocally separate us from God eternally? Yes. All right. What are those things? Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, he talked about the eternal sin. And a lot of times we refer to this story to be talking about the unforgivable sin because he lays out some things and said all this stuff is going to be forgiven but this other sin is not. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting context because Jesus is working miracles and people come to him and say, you're doing this by Beelzebub because you're a demon. You're some kind of monster. Mm-hmm. And I always picture that Stranger Things monster that my son talks about all the time when I think of Beelzebub, this crazy monster. And Jesus says, you guys, you really don't understand how this works. Mm-hmm. And he says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. He said, if I was a bad guy, I wouldn't be attacking the bad guys. That's not how this works. I'm doing good because my father sent me. By the way, that house divided thing has really been ripped off by Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. Abraham Lincoln used it, but he didn't come up with it. Jesus did. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fun to do a podcast just on the quotes people have stolen from Jesus. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it would too. That's probably one of the most effective moments of Bible plagiarism ever. It is. It's awesome. (laughs) Uh, But back to this story. So after he answers this question, we have, and I love when Jesus does this, every now and then he's like, oh, and by the way, let me tell you how this works. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have one of those oh and by the way moments in Mark chapter 3, verse 29, when Jesus says this, and I'm going to read it word for word. I assure you, people will be forgiven for all sins and whatever blasphemies they may blaspheme. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. So he says everything else that people do, everything is going to be forgiven Mm -hmm. except for the people that blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. And they will, quote, never have forgiveness because they've committed an eternal sin. Yeah, I think we need to unpack that a little bit because what is the difference between blaspheming against somebody else and blaspheming against the Holy Spirit? Actually, we'll go back, do a callback to our spiritual gifts episode. What does blaspheme even mean? That's not a word we use all the time. No, it's not. And blasphemy is one of those words in our society that has a mushy meaning when mm-hmm. we use it. Yeah. Sometimes you'll say someone is blasphemous. Uh, there's a Someone will say, well, there's a blasphemous show on Netflix, or yeah. somebody acted blasphemous. or And they might mean rude or obscene, or they might mean making fun of God, uh-huh. or they might mean just creepy. Yeah. But blasphemy isn't one of those words. There's some words that just don't have a definition. I hate the word savory because it really doesn't mean anything. If you savor something, by definition, you enjoy it. So savory means enjoy ye. But a lot of times, like on Food Network, I think they're talking about it having like a meaty taste. Yeah. Well, then the word for that is meaty, not savory. Or umami. 
Uma, I don't even know what that word is, but yeah, that ooh, <laughs> that my mommy word. Um, tacky is another one. Or, yeah. or these words that we use that don't really have a definition, that maybe it just has a connotation, like mm-hmm. overall icky or overall good. Mm-hmm. Blasphemy gets used like that today, and so this really freaks us out. Yeah. Because we say, oh my gosh, there's not even a definition for the word of the things that I can't do? Yeah. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. That's not how this works. Yeah. Because blasphemy in a biblical, textual application like this is what we would call a cognate. Now, a cognate is a word that's the same in multiple languages, like coffee. Mm-hmm. Coffee, almost any language in the world is coffee or cafe, mm-hmm. something along those lines. And so, so many words in our that we use are cognates. They mean the same in other languages. Yeah. Kind of like car and caro in Mexico, mm-hmm. for example. Or no and no. Yes. Or <laughs> football and football. Yeah. We have a million of those, right? Yeah. yeah. So blasphemy is a cognate with biblical Greek here. Mm-hmm. In other words, that word, they just don't translate. Yeah. They leave it as it was in the Greek. Yeah, because so, in Greek it's blasphemos. Right? Exactly, mm-hmm. blasphemos. And the word blasphemos has an actual rigid definition. Mm-hmm. And blasphemy, blasphemy to blasphemos is to ignore. Mm-hmm. That's what it means, to ignore. And so if I was the person translating this text and I was trying to be as accurate and as applicable as I could, I would have written ignoring the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the word means. But somewhere along the lines we decided we're just going to leave this word blasphemy. And so there have been a lot of people that have really spazzed out. Mm -hmm. But it means, specifically, to ignore. Mm -hmm. So the eternal sin, and I love the fact that he doesn't call it the unforgivable sin. Yes, He calls it the eternal sin that won't be forgiven, which is a different thing, because what it is is ignoring the Holy Spirit. So the only unforgivable sin is the sin of not asking for forgiveness. When the Bible calls us, the Bible is clear, and we're not going to get into Reformed theology versus what I call traditional Southern Baptist theology, and then Chad gets really, makes me a face, and Chad wants to call people like me an Armenian. But whether you're, whether you're, you're Reformed like Chad or whether you're not like me, the Bible is clear that but for God, man can do no good thing. Yes. And there's certainly an element of salvation that God calls us. Mm-hmm. And if God doesn't call us, we can't draw near. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus calls us to accept his forgiveness, when we feel that conviction like that, oh my gosh, have I done something I can't be forgiven for? Mm-hmm. When he calls us and we don't accept, when we ignore him, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit calls us to ask for his forgiveness and we don't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what actually condemns us. I think that that distinction between unforgivable and eternal is very important because there is a, um, that's kind of a phrase that that gets gets thrown around sometimes in Christian circles, like the unforgivable sin, right? Um, And uh, that's something that can be very scary and that's something that, you know, just like you mentioned earlier, like, you know, blasphemy doesn't really have like a, 
like a grounded English definition. And, and it feels kind of like a gotcha verse. Like, oh my gosh, what if I accidentally do this? Like right? I, I played football with a guy that, that we went to church with and, and mm-hmm. he was real active and really, really open about his Christianity. And then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. And one night after a football game, uh, sitting on my tailgate talking, he got really emotional and just broke down. And this is like years since he'd been active yeah. in, in church. And he said, I'm going to hell, I'm going to hell. And I said, I said, buddy, you're not. I was there when you got saved. Yeah. And he said, I committed blasphemy against mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I said, what are you talking about? And he had a, he had a loved one die. And he cursed God. Yeah. And he cussed out God. Mm-hmm. And he believed that when he read this passage, that meant he could never be forgiven. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say, oh my gosh, I've cursed the Lord. I, I'm going to hell no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. I've even heard that divorce is the unforgivable sin. Yeah. And all kinds of other stories. And all those things are just ignorance. Mm-hmm. Because the only unforgivable sin is not asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. When we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says, and it says shall. Mm-hmm. That is not optional. That's yeah. a guarantee. That is contract language. Mm-hmm. And that word shall, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. That is not equivocal in any way. There's no comma. There's no qualifier. There's no limiting clause. It is shall. Yeah. And so Spurgeon said it like this. If you don't want to commit the unforgivable sin, you won't. Yeah. I yeah. think Spurgeon said that. Yeah. That sounds um, very Spurgeon-y, right? He said pretty much that. I'm not saying I, I yeah. that it's a verbatim quote. But he said, if you don't want to, you won't. Because yeah. this whole point of this is ignoring God, not wanting to follow the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and this is the type of situation where if, if I was counseling with someone and they and they were in the situation your friend was in and saying, you know, and, and just brokenhearted because they 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 felt that they had committed the unforgivable sin, I, I would almost always say in that conversation, listen, the fact that you're heartbroken over this shows that there's some activity from the Holy Spirit, which means that you aren't eternally separated from God. Your, your brokenness over this is an indicator of the Lord working in your life, right? And I think that it, it's important for us, and it, and it should be a discipline for us, to really lean into defining this eternal sin well. Because when we have any sort of idea in, the, in our mind that there is an unforgivable sin, it takes away the, the Jesus-only aspect of salvation. And that's right? why we shouldn't be sloppy with Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and words I, matter. I, I, words do matter, and I want to be clear: God will use you to witness if you try to witness, and if you don't, if you just got saved or you don't know a lot of the Bible, that's okay. Yes. If you know God forgave you and He can forgive your friend, that is all you need. Yes, but it is important that we don't misquote Jesus, mm-hmm. that that we don't take His principles and twist them for the situation, or just be careless in the way that we mm-hmm. use them, because words matter. Yes, and. Just to apply all this to just bring it home, I want to be real clear. If there's never been a time in your life, if you're listening to this, whether you go to the Haven, whether you go to USAO, whether you just Googled on iTunes and found our podcast, yeah, 
if there's never been a time in your life when you said, God, take me, I'm yours, when you ask God to be the Lord, the boss of your life, and forgive you of your sins, then you are in the midst of forgiving, of committing the unforgiven sin, mm -hmm. the eternal sin. Yes. It's eternal. It's not unforgivable. Mm -hmm. And you can correct that right now by stopping what you're doing and asking God to forgive you for your mistakes and accepting God's call. Because the Holy Spirit is the one telling you Mm -hmm. That you've messed up. Yeah. That you can't be good enough. Because that didn't come from you and me. It's God's law. As we started this podcast with, the requirements of God's law are written on the hearts of men. Mm -hmm. And that is God speaking to you right now, telling you, make a life change right now. I'm calling you to be mine. Mm -hmm. And he is, he is ready and willing to separate you from that sin as far from the east as from the west. Absolutely. Amen. And, you know... I think it's interesting that we ended that story with my football buddy mm -hmm. because the question he was asking was, have I committed the unforgivable sin? Which is question number one today. Yeah. But the question he should have been asking really was number two. Mm -hmm. When I've messed up and I have distanced myself from God and I feel out of fellowship. In other words, I can just tell that I don't feel like me and Jesus are okay. How do I fix that? How do mm -hmm. I get back to God? Which is question number two. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's something about, you know, it, even just talking about it, there, there's a relational, we have a relationship with the Lord, right? The Bible uses um, relational language all throughout the scriptures in how it talks about um, the way that we interact with the Lord, which is really profound when you think about it, but that's for a different podcast. But I think a lot of times, because we have a relationship with the Lord, we tend to bring some baggage into our human relationships, into the way we think about returning to the Lord if we've been distant for, with Him for a while. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. We, we have problems with our own relationships because we have relationships with people that aren't perfect mm -hmm. and people that don't naturally forgive us and are not naturally benevolent. But yeah. even more than that, they're just stupid compared to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in our friendships, the things that really hurt a friendship are the blind side hits. Yeah. When I expect you're going to act one way and you act another, and then you feel like you let me down, and I feel like I can't trust you, and we can't get over that. Yeah. Jesus has never been blindsided. He said, before Abraham and Isaac were, I am. Mm -hmm. He is not limited by time or space. Because he literally created time and space with the word. Yeah. And he owns it. And so Jesus knows tomorrow, today. And he knows yesterday, today. And he knew tomorrow, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Or better yet, weirder yet, he knows tomorrow, yesterday. Because he exists outside of time. He's not limited by it. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is, there is no cooling off period. There is no waiting period. There is no give it a minute and let him cool down before I come home. I better drive around the block a few times so he'll not be so mean when I get in the door. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus knew the worst day of your life when he died for you. Mm -hmm. You were doing the worst thing you've ever done the day that Jesus was dying for you. So was I. Mm -hmm. And so there's no waiting period. There's no fear to get back with God. But there is this concept of where do I go from here? And it's yeah. scary. Yeah. And there's so many biblical illustrations of this. 
Chad, you and I were talking last night about Exodus 30, Exodus 33 on a totally unrelated subject. But in Exodus, Israel had done so many things. God finally said, look, just go your own way. I'll keep all my promises to you, but you're not going to be my people anymore. Mm-hmm. And Moses just begs him, please, please forgive us. Please forgive us. Interestingly enough, as soon as Moses says, forgive us, God says, yes. Yeah. But then Moses says, oh, if you don't forgive us, we'll be just like everyone else and people will <laughs> mock you. And God says, I forgave you. And he says, and Lord, people know that you're our people. And if we go out and we don't have power and we're not special, then your name will be shamed. And we need you. And we would rather stay in the desert and starve. And and God says, Moses, I already forgave you. (laughs) Which is such a little microcosm of how forgiveness works. Yeah. Because we ask God to forgive us. And he says, yes. And then we keep asking because we don't feel forgiven. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we get to where do we go from here? And Moses asks God, what do I do now? And God says in Exodus 33 a really awesome thing. He says, honor me, comma, today. Mm-hmm. Honor me today. Yeah. So how do you deal, if you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus, and he's forgiven you of your sins, and you've apologized for whatever the, the, the sin issue is, whether it's just ignoring God or whether there's been an actual thing in our life we've needed to take out. How do we deal with getting right with yesterday's problems? We honor God today. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. He says, honor me today. Or you look at when Peter walks on water, which I've been thinking about a lot lately because it's water skiing season, and I always think of this story when I water ski. <laughs> yeah. Peter's walking on water after he sees Jesus do it, and everything's great until he looks back at his buddies and looks at the winds and the waves, and he takes his eye off Jesus, and he falls and he crashes. And the Bible says he cries out, Lord! And instantly, Jesus is there, and he catches him. Yeah. Jesus doesn't say, well, let's let him flounder around a while. Let's see how much water he can hold in his lungs first. Mm-hmm. Jesus catches him right then. It's an instant thing. Yeah. And that's really, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. You know, there, there's a quote that you and I both love from a book series that um, that we read. There's one character that, that is, is asking another character, uh, another character please forgive me please forgive me please forgive me i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry and he says no i'm i'm not going you know there's no need to say sorry i don't forgive you it's already happened right like i'm not forgiving you right now because i've already forgiven you yeah he says you needn't ask because you've already been forgiven yes right and and that, but we do need to ask yes. like relationally yes right yeah <laughs> um but but there's that um there's that element there of you know the lord is ready to forgive you knowing absolutely everything even the stuff that you've forgotten about even the stuff that you don't know that you'll do yet and and um you know something in our notes that 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 makes me think of is forgiveness is easy and instant but fellowship is harder sometimes we don't feel forgiven um what can we do to remind ourselves that we're forgiven or what can we do to help that forgiveness translate into our daily life well, there are so many things. I'm going to tell a story, and so many of you have heard this story, but it's just the best one I got for this illustration. So when I was in high school, when I was a sophomore, I, I blew my knee out the first snap of the first game my freshman year. So it's really my first year to play high school football. And we're getting on the bus to go to our first game, and coach calls me in his office, and I didn't think I was going to get to play at all that year because uh, the guy in front of me had started for years. And coach tells me, you're starting. And I get so excited, I grab my bag and I jump on the bus 
and I'm the first one on the bus, and I'm the first one off the bus, and I run in the locker room at Walters where we're playing, and I open my bag, and I go to put my pants on, and I forgot my pants. <laughs> and uh, I go tell my coach, and he cusses me out like I've never been cussed before, and he throws a water bottle at me, and throws a big fit, and, and uh, says something about how I'm just walking home, and, and just furious. And so I walk out of the locker room, and I go to a payphone, and I get the phone book, and I knew the name of the athletic director from from Walters uh, because he was the son of the athletic director in Warica. Mm-hmm. And so I knew his last name, so I looked him up, I find his address, I go to his house, I knock on his door, I introduce myself, I ask if I can borrow some pants. He loans me some blue football pants. We're red and white, he loans me blue pants. I go, I play in the game, Everything goes great, except I'm wearing blue pants when all my teammates are wearing red. Funny story, (laughs) except for like the next 20 years, three, four times a week, I would have a nightmare that I forgot my pants. (laughs) And every football game I ever played in the rest of my life, I would have this terrible feeling, I forgot my pants again, I forgot my pants again. And I would freak out and I would sweat and my hands would shake. And so here's what I would do. I would open the bag and look and see that my pants were in there. Yeah. And then I'd feel bad. And sometimes, though, it would be such a phobia that 30 minutes later, I'd think, oh, my gosh, did I forget my pants? And I'd look again. Yeah. And when you don't feel forgiven, look again. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is look at Scripture. If we confess with our mouth, well, that one will work, too. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. Mm-hmm. And so if you feel unforgiven, look at the Word and know you're forgiven. And if you got to check again, check again. And you know what? I'm 39 and I don't have that nightmare anymore. Mm-hmm. But if I have it tomorrow, I'll probably think to myself, well, that would not be the biggest problem I had if I had to go play a football game tomorrow. <laughs> but the point is, we go back to the source and we look. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. The second thing is, we need to examine our life and see what habits got messed up when we were away from God. And we need to form good habits. Mm-hmm. so that we don't leave our pants in the wrong locker room for the next game. Mm-hmm. Have those habits. And the last thing is, one last story. I don't know if you've heard this one. When I was in college, and I was working at a church, and I had another job, and I was taking a full schedule, and it was finals time, and we were having a revival at our church, and I had scheduled this big event that was going to be like an all-night crazy traveling water balloon fight that was going to start at 9 o'clock at night and end mm-hmm. at 1 in the morning. And I realized at like 6 o'clock that night that I had a paper that was the only grade due in this class. Yeah. And I said, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to start writing at 3 in the morning and get this done in time for my 11 a.m. class? And I called my dad. I said, Dad, what do I do? I can't do this. I'm going to fail. I'm going to flunk. And he said, son, you're just going to do your job. Now hang up and get started. And he hung up on me. Yeah. Click. Yeah. Probably the best advice I ever got. Mm -hmm. I got it written. And sometimes you just got to do it. And you got to say, I don't feel Mm fellowshipy. I don't feel close to God. But I'm going to pray anyway. I'm going to read my Bible anyway. I'm going to stay away from bad stuff anyway. I'm going to worship God anyway. I'm going to raise my voice as loud as I can sing anyway because I'm commanded to no matter how I feel. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's uh, in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about um, kind of going through trials and how to get through through trials and stuff like that. And um, one thing that um, the Lord has taught me when I've gone through stuff in my life is, you know, it is possible to know the truth and act according to the truth even when you don't feel the truth. Right? Absolutely. And not only is it possible, it is necessary in order to. Um, not only is it possible, it is necessary in order to find joy in Christ at times. If we just followed our heart and we're not Peter Pan and don't have magical dust to make us fly, we will fail at everything we ever do. Yeah. We won't get out of bed and go to work. We won't get up and go to school. We won't do our reading. We won't provide for our family. Mm-hmm. We won't get in the Word of God. We won't share the gospel. We won't feed our dog. We'll just lay there and die. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Because when we lean on our own understanding, it's not going to hold us up. Exactly. And that got really negative, and I didn't mean to take it quite that dark. <laughs> but the point is, we got to do what needs doing, not what we feel like doing. Yeah. And when you flip that negative equation on its head, you see the sufficiency of Christ. Right? You see that He is good, and He is able, and He will reassure you. If you are are doubting if you if you are doubting that that you can come back to the Lord if you feel so distant from the Lord right now and it feels like it's been years since you've talked to him um, I just want to encourage you right now and and say out loud into your ears and in your radio um, in your car in your headphones while you're mowing or wherever you're listening to this you have been distant from the Lord but he has never left you he's never forsaken you if you have a relationship with him he hasn't allowed you to to be distant from him. He's been there. And so if you turn towards him, it'll be just like Peter on the lake, right? As soon as you cry out to him, he'll be right there instantly. Absolutely. And, and, and there's actually a physical, biological test that you can know whether you've gotten so far from God, it's too late to ask for forgiveness. Okay? So I want you to take stock of, of, of your life right now to answer this question. Close your eyes. Turn all the sounds with this podcast off and listen to this take take examination is your heart beating if your heart's beating god has given you time Mm -hmm. because he desires that none should perish and so he has tarried to give you a chance to grow right with him period Mm -hmm. if your heart's not beating well ask jesus (laughs) because you're not going to hear what i'm saying yeah if your heart's beaten, beaten, if you're still taking breath, you've still got time to get right with God. And that goes to question number one and question number two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and that is, um, I think that's a great place to begin wrapping up. And I think that we should just take an opportunity right now to say, you know what, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, if you feel like you are still um, kind of sitting in that eternal sin of of blaspheming or ignoring the Holy Spirit. Just like Corey just said, it is not too late. If you're hearing the words that we're saying, it's not too late for you to establish a relationship with the Lord. And all you have to do is cry out for forgiveness. Um, The word says that if we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. Absolutely. And and if you you do that, He is faithful. He will give you, He will forgive you for your sins. He will apply the blood that he shed on the cross to your sins so that you don't have to pay that price and if you um, and 
and also if you feel if you have a relationship with the Lord and you feel distant from him he is just as close to you right now as he was to Peter that day that Peter um, had a lapse in faith and started sinking in the water and though you feel like you're sinking he is right there offering his hand absolutely and back to that Moses story mm-hmm. Exodus 33 so Moses says what do I do now and God says honor me today and then Moses says show me your glory and so God then hides Moses away in the cleft of the rock and lets Moses look on his body not his face but his body mm-hmm. and see God in a way he never saw before, in a way no one in the history of history had ever seen God before. He was closer than ever. One sentence from when he was so far from God, they weren't even on the same page. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that is an encouraging way to end this, I think. Absolutely. Thanks for having this conversation with me, Corey. Thanks, Chad. I love it. See you, man. See ya.